the behind the scenes on the um, uh, the adding the prosthetics and stuff to him. And it, 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 this was brought up too as well with Gary Oldman when he did uh, Darkest Hour, where it's like so many actors gain weight and do all these insane things for roles and it's great and sometimes i mean performances are still good but you can also use a suit and let other creative people do creative things on you you could still give a great performance like brendan fraser still had to carry that suit which would have been crazy it's huge so you're saying don't transform your body just let the makeup people do it I'm saying we. I, I think you have like your Christian Bales and stuff that go yeah. to the extremes. Robert De Niro did it for Raging Bull, and that's great. And it, I mean, there's merit in that. But I also don't think you have to put your life on the line. <laughs> like some of these people could have died. Christian Bale, I bet you his body is permanently damaged well, forever. I, I think like not to the point of the, like the machinist or whatever, but I think if someone's like Ra- Raging Bull or Rocky, they're like get into shape. Yeah, maybe that's encouraged. Yeah, but if it's like gained 300 pounds for this role then that's probably not encouraged you know what i mean yeah i think you can transform your body if it's doing it a favor yeah like christian bale getting in shape for batman's one thing but putting on the weight for vice and then like and it's not even just doing it once like tom hanks did it with castaway he gained a bunch of weight then lost a bunch of weight but Christian Bale keeps flip-flopping. He's putting on weight, then he's taking weight off. He's putting weight on, he's taking weight off. Yeah. And, like, that cannot be good for you. Like, McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Like, that's... He did that a healthy way. And he did it once. Yeah. <laughs> like, Christian Bale's just crazy. But Brendan Fraser, I just thought, there's an art form to this as well. There's another group of, um, like, the filmmaking process, like makeup and, and all that, where a bunch of people did an extraordinary job to help bring this great performance to life, but he still was there. It's still him doing the performance. Yeah. And I'm sure the prosthetics helped, right? Cause it would yeah. be like really having actually the, all that weight on you or mm-hmm. in the way. And uh, he probably had to learn how to move, right? Yeah. Because the character would be used to knowing the range of motion that they have. Whereas Brendan Fraser might actually go to, move a certain way or something that you couldn't do if you had all this extra mass. So it probably took him a while to learn the physicality of it. Yeah, and I I think it just goes along with the... Because we've talked about this, where I think the last couple of years, I know COVID didn't help, but the Oscars have kind of lost something. And this year kind of has that narrative, that comeback, that, you know, like you watch a performance like this, it's like, yeah, that's going to win. This is special. This is inspiring. And there's other performers as well um, that are that are up this year, and there there's just a weird, not weird, but like new, like feeling this year. I don't know if you have the same feeling as I do, but watching some of the speeches, like Spielberg's there, he wins, he talks about his career. It's a, there's something about this year that just has like that comeback vibe. Do you kind of have that feeling too? Yeah, and I think for me, it's it's um, how many people in my sphere are talking about it. Mm, right and and my sphere isn't all movie people by any means it's just like people at work or my family like how many people are saying oh did you see did you see everything everywhere all at once or did yes. you see avatar or did you see top gun so and because people are talking about that my friends uh today messaged me like what are your picks i was like wow no one's oh. asked me that in a long time so mm. i totally agree with you that i think um there's a bit of a comeback feeling this year or for some reason people are paying more attention to it yeah, I, I I want you to pronounce his name because I can't. But short round from Temple of Doom. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, I do believe you... it's Kiwi Kwan. 
Okay, if we're getting that wrong, I apologize. Uh, apologize. But his story as well is phenomenal to a point where Harrison Ford is being interviewed on the red carpet at another event talking about He's probably about like, what the hell do I care? Why yeah. are you talking about me? I'm Indiana Jones again. <laughs> but he just goes along with that same thing. And then you have the connection of him and Brendan Fraser who were in a movie together back in the 90s. And now they're nominated together. And Spielberg is nominated. And it's there's just all these connections. Jamie and Lee John Curtis. Williams. John yeah. Williams. Like, yeah. and there's just something about it. I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, like like you said, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like it's, it was, it was a, say what you want about the movie. It was fun. It was different. It was exciting. And Top Gun, you mentioned as well, a, le- a big legacy sequel. Tom Cruise is nominated for Best Picture. Uh, he's a big time producer. There's just something happening at this year's ceremony. And I think that um, it just, I think it's just Hollywood in general right now. I think post COVID people going back to the theaters, uh, these billion dollar movies, they're being recognized. There's just something going on. I don't know what it is. Welcome to Raised on Film. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice you're hearing, you have heard it before. Co- creator co-host of the viewers cut his name is andrew who brought you two segments known as into the weeds and dodd does the sequel plus many other episodes andrew welcome to the viewers cut part two raised on film (laughs) (laughs) do i get a share a stakeholder in the rights here yeah of course (laughs) yeah it's basically the same thing you wouldn't know i always i said this to jake when we were recording once that it's like if steven tyler went to another band it just sounds like Aerosmith. Like it's not any. I'm not doing anything different. It's just <laughs> the same annoying voice that was on the viewers' cut is on raised on film. It's the exact same thing. It's like Slash leaves Guns and Roses and then yeah. <laughs> comes back and it's just Guns and Roses again. It's all the same. Uh, well, thank be- you for having me. No problem. Uh, before and I wanted. I've been saving this for a while. And I probably told you before, but I wanted to quickly just because I, I was looking back at a few things on the viewers' cut and I don't think I gave you enough props because I thought this was ballsy. Because uh, I, I, I told you a hundred times, I love uh, your Dodd does the sequels. But like like you did Alien 3 and um, and Godfather and Dark Knight Rises. Very controversial films one way or another. You know, divisive down the middle. Yeah. But you doing Endgame was so ballsy because it's <laughs> like a critically a well-received movie. People love it. It was huge. And you had the balls to say, you know what? I think you could have made it better. And in my opinion, you, you did a lot of really good things in it. So I just wanted to throw that out. I thought I was very impressed with it. All the other ones were good too, but they were weaker movies. Endgame is a really good movie, and in some ways you made it better. So I thought that was really cool, and I wanted to give you a shout out. Is that why Disney's been following me? Yeah. You've seen all these <laughs> unmarked vans except for a mouse logo and people pointing guns at me. No, thank you. That <laughs> There's uh yeah, you know, when you see something and you're like, I wanted to love it even more, like, yeah. you know, and I just had to, you have to tackle it. So yeah, anyway, no, I thought thanks. that was great. Thanks, um, and, and listen, while we're talking props to you for what looks like your uh, Creed three prediction almost coming true. So <laughs> <laughs> what was the name? I, I didn't name him Damien. What was the, my name for the, the, the antagonist? I forget. I think it was like Jamal or something. So I was close. <laughs> I guess. Right when, yeah, I remember too, right. I messaged you right when the trailer dropped and I messaged you. I'm like, this seems a little familiar because I'm thinking I, of I your think idea. I they owe you some money. My yeah. idea. I'm like, there's something here. 
Someone was listening, I think. Yeah, but I guarantee Michael, Michael they B, fight. Come on. They're going to fight in the end, unlike our ideas. Our, we were lame. We didn't have a big Oh, yeah, I made a Rocky movie without a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's paying me any royalties. Oh, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, we're here to talk about the Oscars. We don't really have anything specific. We've got a few things we want to tackle. But, uh, yeah, the Oscars. Uh, where do you want to start, Dodd? Never heard of them before. <laughs> um, well, I... I you know, you touched on it, and maybe we'll we'll jump right into it. Um, what I was interested in, and and was interested the last couple of years, is uh, its waning popularity. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there was, as you said, it just seemed to be something special when I was growing up. And maybe I'm looking at that through a nostalgic lens, or maybe things are different when you're a little kid and you don't quite understand the adult world. But it seemed like this royal gala this extravagant uh, exciting event that everybody wanted to be a part of and really neat to see all these people come together and i used to look forward to it every year and i'd watch the whole thing even though it was on a sunday and i'd be tired the next day going to school and the last two years i didn't even watch it so i'm like what's going on here why do why does nobody care why don't i care and so i think i i wanted to explore that with you and and yeah of uh, course and we've talked about it before so uh, i don't know what do you what are your immediate thoughts well i agree with you um i'm in the same boat i can flash back to maybe not the 90s um but definitely the 2000s for me i remember like specific moments of just i remember the year with heath ledger i remember like the build-up to that and and watching that with my mom like the, the whole thing um and it was exciting it was fun a uh, comic book movie being recognized on this scale it was one of the biggest movies of the year um so yeah in the 2000s for sure i was in the same boat as you where it was just fun i liked movies um and the big thing for me, and I guess this could be a good place to start, is at that point, this is pre-serious social media, it was fun to see celebrities kind of outside of, you know, acting. They were in suits. And I, and I, you know, you look back and even before we were born, like, I know for a fact, like, look at you, you look so beautiful, you look so gorgeous, what are you wearing? Like it was exciting, like seeing John Wayne not in a in a Western movie or something, seeing him in a suit at the Oscars, winning an Oscar. It was fun. It was and like oh what oh my god look you at saw there, John like, Wayne win an Oscar. He How won for True Grit, didn't he? Yeah, in like 1970 or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I I just mean I was using that as an example as like okay. it was exciting to see him you not on there. the big screen, oh, dressed right. up in a suit at an award show, doing interviews, socializing, and. That was that for me as well on a small on a kind of different scale, but it was just fun. It was different to see um, them dressed up, socializing, winning awards, making jokes, and that's the big thing too. And we're gonna talk about hosts as well. But I like roasts. I like knocking people down a peg, and I love the opening monologue. I love making jokes and just having a good time. I know the Golden Globes are norm, are known for more of a loose environment. But there's just something fun about just having a blast, joking, and then just celebrating what we all love, which you and I are in the same boat, movies. And that was it for me. And um, yeah, the last couple of years have been a little bit different. I, I totally feel that as well. I think uh, something I just thought of while you were talking is 
you know, it was it was exciting to see who was there, as you say, the mm-hmm. red carpet. I never cared about the fashion, but yeah, you'd be like, oh, there's uh, there's Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. and there's Harrison Ford, and oh, there's Uma Thurman, and there's John Travolta, and who's gonna show up? Who's gonna show up? I remember it was like a mid '90s Oscar, and somebody was on the red carpet. I don't even remember who it was, and they're like, "Yeah, I really want to meet Will Smith tonight." And all of a sudden, the person behind him turned around, and it was Will Smith, and he was like, "What?" And I just heard his name being said, yeah. and they were like, "Oh wow!" And it was just cool to see, as you said, out of context, these yeah. two celebrities who you've never seen interact before. Now they're hanging out, and what I think I'm getting to is there was a sense of community. Mm. It was neat to be like these guys all these actors and crew and everybody was a part of this thing. They don't always get to see each other, yeah. but this was the big night where everyone gets to come together and hang out. It's kind of like Endgame or uh, Infinity War. It's yeah. kind of like seeing all these different guys mm-hmm. who you know on their own fight you know, alongside each other together as one big unit. You're like, oh, neat. They're all friends. Kind of reminds me of my uh, high school grad or you know, like for us, our AFM after party. Yeah. We're like, everyone's there. And like, look at, oh, uh, uh, Jake's in a photo with Janelle. Like, you, you don't usually see these two hanging yeah. out. But tonight we're friends. Everybody's friends yeah. tonight. It had that kind of <laughs> feeling about it. So I think maybe for me, that was part of the appeal. Yeah, and I, like, I'll, I'll go back a few years ago. I, I was It was exciting, not just the Oscars, but the entire campaign season, uh, like award season. Um, and I know they were in the movie together, but uh, watching Matt, or Matt Damon... Watching Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt uh, campaigning Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was more entertaining than the movie. Watching <laughs> them interacting at the award shows and having fun and making jokes and laughing. Brad Pitt eventually won an Oscar, uh, but DiCaprio was right there with them. Seeing them with Tarantino and Margot Robbie. And then it, it, that kind of had the movie star element to it, which we've been lacking the last few years because... You know, like these guys aren't doing movies all the time, but I remember watching that. And now with social media, you have YouTube and all this stuff, seeing all this stuff. But that's exciting to me. I love for some, I don't know what it is, but like you said, community and all that. It's just fun to see them out interacting, doing, you know, making jokes and having fun. Like uh, I remember the one interview with Margot Robbie, Leo and Brad Pitt. They're joking about the door from Titanic. And to see Brad Pitt making a joke with DiCaprio and DiCaprio pleading the fifth and not one, and Margot Robbie saying that she saw the movie. That I like all that shit. That's just fun. And you get a lot of that with these award shows. And and then, like I said, just poking fun, having fun, and not taking yourself so seriously. And that's where I think the Oscars go into uncharted territories when they start taking themselves too seriously. Their, their shit don't stink egos and all that like that's where i think you lose a lot of people i like when you're poking fun having fun and just you know you're there for the inspiration and talking about movies and just having a laugh like jack nicholson you brought him up he was famous for always wearing sunglasses always yeah. laughing and always just in having the front a row yeah. yeah yeah whether he was a part of a movie that year or not yeah jack jack always got invited to the oscars <laughs> yeah. and he always came big grin on his face um I think you're right too. And you said something else earlier that sparked something, the love of movies. So mm-hmm. um, when they weren't poking fun at each other, and I want to come back to the poking fun thing yeah. too. Um, there was, I would love the years when the opening montage wasn't always funny or it had funny parts, but then they would do 
uh, just like someone who will have assembled a bunch of clips from movies. Yeah. I remember one year, I think it was 99, uh, the 99 Oscars for the 98 year. And somewhere in the show, there was like a one minute or two minute long, just a montage of just like every single movie they could possibly jam into this thing. Like they just took like the most iconic shot or sound clip from that and they put it to some music and it was really emotional. Um, Just watching clips of movies Mm -hmm. uh, put together to, to nice music. So I think that was part of the magic for me was like, it touched on the art form of it and it touched on, um, look how moving some of this stuff can be and look at the emotional response it can evoke. And, you know, movies are art, um, but the celebrity culture and stuff doesn't lend itself to art. And I think that kind of tarnishes it when you get celebrities behaving badly or doing a lot of schlock Mm -hmm. or uh, then you forget that this is about the art. Um, So that's, that's too bad that it's gotten that way. And I wonder if the, like, as funny as he is, you know, Ricky Gervais, he would famously like turn the golden globes almost into a roast, right? Like he'd just be up there, like breaking down the veneers being like, I'm going to tell it as it is. And I'm going to tell you people (laughs) what I think of you (laughs) and get off your, get over yourselves. Uh, And that was funny and truthful and honest, but I wonder if it broke a bit of the of the mystique you know oh, i wonder sure. if after that yeah. people started going yeah these celebrities are awful why do we worship these people i totally agree 100 percent. And, and that's what, it's fun to watch but that is also going for the stuff i'm talking about it's going a little bit too far it's truthful and in the world we live in when you have all these movements going on at the award shows i was just listening to uh, Chris rocks when he brings up the me too move and times up when you have all these serious things happening, it's, it's more difficult to have more fun and joke when there's all these, like some of these things are really serious. So it's hard to do that. Ricky Gervais was right at that time when social media was just getting huge and all these things also started happening. So it was in this weird time where like, what do you do? And like, you could see reactions of the celebrities. Do I laugh? There's the famous clip of Tom Hanks where he's like, "Uh oh, and it's like, it's awkward. It's like, so that, that really, it's kind of like politics where the people that already hated these award shows are like, yes, yeah, the hundred percent right. You celebrities suck. Then the people that love them are like, uh, 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 and it's just kind of that weird. So yeah, it's all Ricky Gervais fault. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, As brilliant as he is cutting to tom hanks too right like yeah you're like some of these celebrities are probably awful when yeah. i think of awful celebrities tom hanks does not come to mind no, right? no. so you're probably cutting going oh crap there are yeah. a lot of people in this room who deserve to you know be recognized mm-hmm. and we like them and we're happy to see them yeah. here so as you said i, I think you you know you, you articulated already he's only speaking to half the room when oh, he's yeah, yeah, for sure. bashing them yeah right and I, like Think, think of all the people that aren't celebrities. Think of all the crew, right? The mm-hmm. cinematographers that are there in that room or the editors that are there yeah. in that room. Like they're not Costume designers, makeup artists. They're not rich, awful people necessarily. I mean, they might be awful yeah. people, but they're not the, the, the Beverly Hills snobs mm-hmm. that we think of when we think of celebrities. Yeah. At least I don't think. Who knows? Well, and that's the thing that in the culture we live in now too, when you have all this stuff happening... 
Like, I know, for again, we don't talk about it, but, like, when the whole Harvey Weinstein thing happened, all you had were people going back and saying all the celebrities that thanked him in speeches and all this and that. It's just, like, it looks bad. No matter how you do it, it, it looks bad. And, like, what do you do? And I think the Oscars yeah. kind of, specifically the Oscars, have been kind of, they didn't know what to do. They took away hosts too as well for those couple years i think it was two or three years with no hosts and i don't think they knew what to do because what what do you do like how are you supposed to have fun of these things are they supposed to be super serious and i remember the 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 covid year was so awkward and weird when everyone was wearing not everyone half the people wearing masks it was in a different Mm. venue and it was just kind of awkward and weird i didn't yeah i didn't see that one yeah i just watched i didn't watch it live I didn't watch it live, yeah. but I watched clips after, and it was just like they didn't really know what to do. They were all separated and all like it was for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, they did. They they definitely stumbled because when we as a group started watching them back mid mid uh, 2013 20, 2014, 2014 yeah. it was still fun. Like we I I, know, I remember us we were having a good time with it, and um, I don't it, I think it was like four or five years ago where something happened and. And then now this year, like we talked about at the beginning, I think there's something coming back. And I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's a little exciting. Well, I want to circle back to, to celebrity culture because, yep. you know, we, we, you and I have been chatting about this offline mm. for a while. And we had a pretty good uh, talk a couple of months ago about how much of, you know, popular culture's interest in Hollywood and award shows and celebrities has gone away because of you know what what's happened to just celebrity culture yeah through things like social media we see them uh candidly making jackasses of themselves or during covid uh they all sing imagine and and mm-hmm. everyone just roasts them for it because yeah. they're like shut up you're sitting there in your mansion yeah it's talking about struggle and you'll get us through this and it's like we don't want to hear from you right now yeah and I thought, you know, you're right, but why is that? And why, why I'm curious, I mean, I can't speak for generations before me, but like, was that always the way or was there a time when celebrities were glamorous and um, respected and revered and they were all alcoholics and abusive behind the scenes, but we didn't see that and therefore nobody cared. Uh, and now we're seeing it. Or, or has celebrity culture always been up and down? Like Elizabeth Taylor gets married 20 times. And, you know, does the, the popular culture roll their eyes? Like, oh, my God, these these people are so vain and, and fickle. Uh, uh, and it, and I made the comparison to, to royalty, right? The, the, yeah. the, 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 like, say, the British royal family are, are go through waves of uh, they're loved and beloved and revered and very popular and then into periods of everybody saying, why do we need the monarchy? Why are we spending money on these people? They're all adulterers and, and pedophiles and, and doing awful things. Um, so I just wondered if there was a connection there between celebrity royalty. And what I wanted to ask you about is sports figures. Ah. So sports figures also have, some of them have really bad reputations. Oh, very much so. And have done some awful things. Yeah. But... The, you know, are, are, are the days gone of Michael Jordan appearing on the Wheaties box or whatever he, you know, Nike, I don't know. Um, or, or do kids still look up, are sports figures still supposed to be these idols of inspiration? And is there a comparison there between sports figures and movie stars? 
there's definitely there's definitely a connection for sure. Um, a big thing for me, and I don't know if this quite answers your question, but a big thing for me is being we've talked about it with like separating the the artists from like the uh, or their their professional life from their personal life, right. and um. I've always been able to do that. I, I have the ability, like I, the, the prime example is being able to go back and say, watch the Cosby show. Can you, or can't you? And I fall in the camp. Oh, I could, I could go back and enjoy. I separate. Cause a lot of people worked hard on that. It's the same thing with like a Michael Jackson. A lot of people worked hard, not just Michael Jackson on that music. So that's a big thing. And I think today there's just so much negativity and there were a lot of good documentaries that came out and you brought up Michael Jordan, which is an interesting one because I don't know a lot about him, but I know in his prime, he was very private. He played basketball and went home and compare him to like a LeBron James, who is a very good basketball player as well, but he's very, he's a humanitarian. He's out there. He's speaking, he's public, he's, he's spreading his, no, he wants to change the world. He wants to make it a better place. Michael Jordan didn't really care about that. He wanted to play basketball and that was his job to entertain people on the court but it became a point of, of not controversy, but like people saying he needs to do more. He needs to do more. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have to do all this stuff. It's not his job is to play basketball. People look up to him regardless, black or white, whatever. It doesn't matter. He's a basketball player. If you're a Chicago Bulls fan or a basketball fan, you love him and you go to the games and you want him to play. That's, that's his only responsibility. Just like celebrity, like actors and actors, it's not their job to talk down to people or, or, or make them do things or look a specific way. It's their job to entertain. If you have opinions, share them for sure. You have a public voice, you have a platform, but I think too many people put these celebrities and athletes up on pedestals where they're all knowing and they're not. And I think that's what's happened in the last five, 10 years where we're realizing that these people aren't gods. They're human beings who make dumb mistakes. Like, Twitter has showcased so many celebrities and how sometimes uninformed they are. COVID was huge just for humans in general, but specifically celebrities. It was vaccinated. Look what just happened with Woody Harrelson. I don't know if you followed it, but he goes out for his SNL opening monologue and people are like, everyone knows he's against vaccines but they ripped apart his opening monologue and canceled him and all this stuff because they thought he was spreading anti-vax propaganda and it's like we he can't even go do a bit anymore that was actually pretty clever and funny but it's just people just get they're, they're too big and i think that's our problem society is building these people up way too high it's the same as singers and we talked about, we made jokes at the beginning about all these older musicians too that were probably doing crazy party things. They're not, they're not uh, royalty. They're not gods. They're human beings who happen to be in the public spotlight. You don't have to listen to everything they say. They're here to entertain. And if they want to spiel about whatever, you know, if, if they want a virtue signal or anything like that, that's fine. But you have to understand that some people aren't going to like that. Sorry, I went on a rant there, Doug. No, that's good. Are, are sports figures, uh, are their careers torpedoed as much as uh, Hollywood celebrities are if they make a mistake? A Tiger Woods or uh, you know Michael Jordan just came out about gambling and stuff later on, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, um, yeah, Tiger Woods, obviously everyone knows all what happened with him. But I mean, that that 
stalled his career for a bit right in his prime, but he ended up coming back and winning a Masters. That's actually a good example that you brought that up because, so Tiger Woods was on top of the world and then everything came out what he did. I mean, he cheated on his wife, all his, you know, sex addiction and all that stuff, car accidents, drinking and driving. So he went away, but when he came back and he went and won the Masters in 2019, I believe, it was insanely viewed and people were losing their minds. I watched it and I don't watch a lot of golf. In a good way, like like behind yes, Tiger, he's you're back. on his side. Yeah. yeah, we want Tiger to win. We want Tiger to win. And so, yeah, I don't, there's not a lot of examples. I know, I, may he rest in peace, Kobe Bryant had a scandal during his career, but he bounced back as well and kept playing and people still loved him. Um, yeah, I mean, scandals happen. I mean, Michael Vick, football he went to jail and then came back to my team the eagles and i mean i'm all about second chances what he did was terrible but he was entertaining to watch and he won us a lot of games so i don't know mm. if if i'm mm. a bad person but i mean you know mm. I, I i have no problem he's a really good football player he should be able to play football well, and I, and I keep bringing up sports only because it's going to segue into my little uh, graphic. So I just sent yep. you something in the chat. Okay. I don't know if you got a chance to see it or yeah. not. But I was, I was ruminating about the central question about, you know, why is it that, say, me, I, didn't, I haven't watched the Oscars in a while. Yeah. And I thought, well, a change that I noticed was a few years ago, I stopped having access to cable television. So right there, it became a logistical problem, right? And yeah. as the as the rise of the age of streaming, although I think it's already in its decline, I think yeah. we're about to see the fall of, of streamers. Um, but as it rose, a lot of people were canceling cable and there was really no other legal, easy way of watching live event like the Oscars. Yeah. So I wondered, hey, maybe that, you know, is as simple as an, an explanation for why people stopped caring about the Oscars or why ratings were way down because people don't have a way of watching it anymore. So I thought about another major televised event in February, uh, which is, of course, the Super Bowl. So I thought, I wonder if there's any trends there in viewership between, mm -hmm. say, the Oscars and the Super Bowl. Do we start to see a big dip in both of them around the time that people start canceling cable? So I don't know if you have that chart up yep, or not. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It was really smart of me to bring a visual aid to this completely <laughs> auditory <laughs> medium. Which but, one's uh, the top? I can't see which one's top and which one's bottom. I'll just describe it. Yeah, it's a lot of info jammed in there. But uh, for those of you who can't see, it's a simple line graph with um, viewership uh, each year uh, by million, viewership by million each year uh, of both the Super Bowl and of the Oscars from 1980 till 2022. So, Adam, the top orange line is the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. And the bottom blue line is the Academy Awards. So, uh, again, I'll describe it. Obviously, the Super Bowl is uh, above the Oscars. Yep. It's always had a higher uh, viewership than the Oscars did on this graph anyway, uh, going all the way back to 1980. But what I think is interesting is that for the first 20 years or so between 1980 and 2000, they stay relatively in sync. Mm -hmm. The distance between them stays somewhat consistent. Um, the odd one has like a spike up or down and funnily enough, they don't really correlate. Like when one goes up, the other one doesn't necessarily, or yeah. like, it's not like, it's not like there's an obvious indicator of like everyone's 
uh, TV cables blew up that year or something and no one could watch. Or, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be anything like that. Um, but right around 2004, you start to see them diverge and viewership of the Super Bowl goes way up and the Oscars start to go down. Interesting. So it's not like people stopped watching TV or stopped watching events. It's just more people. There was a, a bigger uh, audience for sports and clearly a smaller one for the Academy Awards. So I don't know what it tells you. It, it tells you that it's not a decline in television necessarily. It's a decline in interest, I would think. Or at least it rules out that it's a decline. It's not a decline in uh, cable TV. Well, I got just from that year that you told me, Don, I have a couple things. Number one, I believe, so the 2003 season, so the 2004 Super Bowl was the Janet Jackson Nipplegate. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was hoping you would point that out. Yeah. Yes. And what's interesting that I'm thinking about too, again, I have a weird brain with some random things that I remember, but so Lord of the Rings return of the King would have won 2003, 2004. That was kind of the beginning of the decline of the big blockbusters winning best picture. Cause if you go into 2006 and seven and eight, that's when you're getting into, uh, I don't know the order, but like crash and slumdog millionaire and um, the artists eventually, I think 2012. Um, but th- no that, country that's for a old big man is in there. Yeah, no country for old man as well. 2007, I think. Um, but that's interesting. I'm I, and now I'm comparing it to the Super Bowl halftime shows. Like yeah. at the end of the 2000s, you get some old, like um, not old, but like older classic bands. You got the Who and Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty starting. I think Paul McCartney was at the very beginning of that. The Stones. The, the Stones. Stones that's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I, I like to, I, I love that you said 2004 because I'm like, oh, that's right. What that's happened there? Yeah. yeah. Nipplegate. <laughs> well, that may have been the thing that Janet Jackson's nipple may have saved the Super Bowl. Not that it was dying. <laughs> But it's just propelled. Like, look at, like, all throughout 1980 to 2000, average viewer membership was around 80. Yeah. Right? 80, 85. It goes up every now and then, goes down, but it's around in the 80s. And then in 2005, it goes from 86.1 million. And then in 2010, we're up to 106.5. So in five years, it gained 25 a million viewers and it's just it's continued to climb since then yeah so it, the super bowl is on an incline every year the trend is going up now it's funny that in 2001 they both took a big dip which yeah. i can kind of understand why in 2021 the oscars took a dip because i, I couldn't even tell you what movies were really out yeah. that year but why the super bowl because it still happened yeah if i so that would have been the covid year right uh, yeah, because yeah, that—that's right. Well, the first COVID. So, yeah. Okay, so twenty. If my memory serves me, that was the Chiefs versus the Bucks, and that was a blowout Super Bowl. So a lot of people probably turned that off. If but that would the, just be a coincidence, right? Because yeah. it had it been two more popular teams, you're saying it would have been the ratings would have been just as high as other years. Potentially, yes. Because if I look at the games that are surrounding that, they were both better games. Um, what, was football yeah. kind of mellowed by COVID at all? Were people less interested? A little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. I mean, there was the one season when there was no one in the stands. That I think that was the season. 
Um, and then the Super Bowl, I forget the numbers, but they did have people in attendance for the Super Bowl. It was at reduced capacity. I don't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really know about, you would think the viewership would go up because people right? are That's what I'm it. saying. Everyone's home. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe there was a brief period where people all got rid of their cable. Like during yeah. COVID was really, I think the heyday of Netflix mm-hmm. and and Amazon and what have you. So maybe everyone ditched their cable during COVID and no one could watch. And they were like, oh, crap, we miss it. So let's yeah. figure out ways to watch it again. I don't know. It's just a total guess. I get it. I, like I said, I get why the Oscars are lower. Football is a bit of a mystery to me. But both of them then shot up a little bit in 2022. So um, it, it's likely we'll continue to see that trend moving upwards. Anyway, I don't need to belabor football. I just think it's a... <laughs> This is now the big football episode. Yeah. <laughs> why, don't, why don't they throw the ball more, Adam? Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just, like I said, I, I, in exploring why the Oscars are, you know, have been losing popularity, I thought, let's directly compare it to another big televised event. And as No, this see, is a great comparison. Yeah, I think it's a cool chart. I, I screwed up the titles at the bottom. It's all kind of crammed in. But you can see the hosts there, too, and the Best Picture winners. So I thought maybe there'd be some trends there if we saw you know, a spike every year Billy Crystal hosted or something Mm -hmm. like that, then we could, uh, you know, um, gather that maybe that had a relationship to its popularity, but I couldn't see any trend necessarily, except the Titanic year. If you look at the 98, which would have been celebrating the 97 movies, a huge jump. The year before was 40 million viewers. The Titanic year was 57 million viewers. So obviously when there's a big popular movie like that, yeah. that everyone's talking about, maybe it has an impact on the Oscars. Well, and like I touched on it a little bit, and maybe this is a decent segue. I just think it's fascinating because you look back at those movies, like no one calls Titanic perfect. And like, if you look at the movies, I know Saving Private Ryan lost, which it shouldn't have, but you have like Gladiator and Braveheart you have all these huge epic Hollywood movies that are being recognized and, and, and some of them winning Best Picture. And if you look at the last few years, like maybe even like 10, 15 years, like a huge surge in independent movies that a lot of people haven't heard of. And I've talked to people where, and a lot of YouTubers bring this up as well, where they're like, I haven't even heard of that movie. I don't yeah. even know what that movie is. And like you yeah. watch it, it's like, and again, like for example, like Coda won last year. Great movie. I watched it. It's really good. It's a really good movie, but no one heard of it. Now, I can look at it two ways. One, this mo- this gives movies recognition, and maybe it got huge popularity after it won. That's great. These movies deserve to be viewed. But it's just such a change in what it used to be like. Again, Titanic's the best example because you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about Titanic. Everyone was talking about it. Yep. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, I think you're dead on, and that could steer the conversation into just the movie industry in general right now. Um, As you say, the trend seemed, it might be coming around the other way, but the trend for a while there was like, your theater-going experience was reserved for Marvel, right? Like, you only go to the theater to see Endgame and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp go to disneyland or whatever and um or or what have you batman versus but if you wanted to watch i don't know nomadland 
you watched it on Disney Plus or you yeah. didn't watch it at all because people weren't talking about it until it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. And I think that's it. I think yeah. movies come out, they get nominated and people go, I guess I'll watch it because it's nominated, but I don't even remember it. Whereas when it's something they saw throughout the year, something they remembered wanting to go to the movie, you know, if, if something like the father was playing, uh, um, had a mass release that anyone could go, even if you were in a small town, you could go to your theater and watch The Father. Maybe more people would have gone. Maybe more people would have liked it. Then come Oscar season, they would have been like, oh, I want to see how The Father does. I really like that movie. Kind of back to sports. You have people you root for. Because mm-hmm. you saw the movie and you liked the performance or you liked the star or you liked yeah. the filmmaker. So you're going for it. So you want to watch and see them win. When you haven't seen or heard of the movie... You have no stake in the, you have no dog in the fight. So you're like, what's the point of watching it? I don't care. You know, if Coda wins or, or whatever else was nominated, you know, flippity flap wins. doesn't matter to me at all. Well, nothing against flippity flap. I think it's great. The, 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 the year that I always go to that goes along with this for me was the year of the artist. Cause I didn't see the artist. I don't remember even hearing it, hearing about it. And that was right before we started watching the Oscars every year. Uh, cause we had a good run there. We watched like six or seven in a row together. Yeah. Um, but, um, I remember that year specifically. And then I know the lead actor won. I think it won like three or four or five Oscars. It was a big, big Oscar darling that year. And I remember being like, I haven't seen it. I don't, uh, isn't it uh... silent? <laughs> like I, like my age is showing where I'm like, Ugh. um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is because Whereas, I, I, yeah, I, I have no idea what it is. Think of the year of, uh, I think you and I talk about it a lot. Think of the the King's Speech year. Yeah. And you had Black Swan was in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, what else was in there? Was that, that 2010 was the... or 2009? Uh, yes. It was Social Network and King's Speech. They were up against each other, right? For be- right. They were, they were the right. two big front runners for Best Picture. Yes, that was an yeah. exciting. And The Fighter. Was that The Fighter? Yeah, because Christian Bale won. Christian yeah. Bale won the same year Natalie Portman and Colin Firth won. Yeah. So that was an exciting year because I'd seen a lot of those movies. Yeah. I don't know how and why, but I think ahead of Oscar season, people were like somehow talking about the King's speech mm-hmm. or the fighter. I went and saw the fighter. Yeah. Like, I saw like, the theater and I said, he's yeah. going to win an Oscar. He's going to. It was to... great. It was an yeah. awesome movie going experience. And yeah. I think I was like coming back from the mall or something. It was like, I'll just <laughs> pop into the theater and watch the fighter. I don't know. But that's what we've lost, right? We've yeah. lost that small independent. You know, David O. Russell. That was a David O. Russell film. David O. Russell's latest film, I think, had a very brief, limited theatrical run, and then it came to Disney Plus Amsterdam. Yeah. And I watched, and I, I waited till it came to Disney Plus to watch it. Yeah. So maybe it's the streamers. We know we can watch it later on streaming. Mm-hmm. It's not talked about. It's these things aren't given accolades when they come out. Yeah. They're not given enough attention as they debut. Or you can't go see it because it's not playing in your community. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to drive to Toronto to go see Amsterdam. Yeah. No, and that's the, and I, I'm guilty of it too. I do not go to the theater as much as I used to. Yeah. And I don't know, like you and I have a couple movies we're slated to go see and I'm excited. I still, I still get the excitement for it, but there's just not as much. And TV has a lot to do with this as well because I'm guilty of it too. I love being part of a good TV show. 
and being right. into it and, and watching it when I get home and my brain is slowly morphing to the 45-minute runtime versus the two-hour runtime. Like, we always joke about it now. Jake Eagle can attest to that as well. It's all about the runtime. Remember when we were talking about Creed 3? Uh, the only thing I was fixated on was, is it actually almost three hours? No way. I think that's a hilarious story that for weeks you were like, Creed 3 is three hours long. Yeah, and I'm like, it's there's not. no way. There's no way. And right. then you have, like, these old veteran uh directors tarantino martin scorsese who their next movie is coming out it's going to be great but it's probably going to be three and a half hours and slow i think they think that makes it special somehow they yeah. think that we're going to go to the theater because it's three hours i'm like no it's the opposite <laughs> yeah and then it's just like uh like like and then you have like an open hot like christopher nolan's still around like you have but there's <laughs> he's not dead there's are we losing a little bit of draw to come to these movies? Like when Tarantino announces next movie, a lot of people will be there and I'm sure a lot of people will be there for Christopher Nolan's next movie. But like you have so many young aspiring filmmakers, these young guys that are putting out these movies, which is great, but like they're not either getting enough marketing or there's just no real pull to And again, there's too many movies as well. There's way too many way too many movies do you think when titanic was out there was also three other blockbusters out that people were talking about no no there was right. one movie yeah no you're right and we stumbled upon this chicken and egg scenario too where it's like do we not go see these things because mm-hmm. they're not marketed properly do we not go see these things because um it's not playing locally or are those things happening because we're not going to see them because we're older now and we're yeah. busier now and we're more tired? Well, at least I am. <laughs> and, you know, when I get home from a long day at work or whatever and the weekend comes, it's like, do you want to put your pants back on and go on, go on up to the, to the theater and the watch cinema? Babylon? I'm like, yeah. no, I don't. I don't want to do that. I'll wait till it comes to the thing. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's we're not putting the effort into going. We got to go to the Highland more. I haven't been to the Highlands. I didn't go once during COVID. I, maybe once during COVID, but I did not support them as much as I should have. The Highlands great. Um, and and yeah. and I went specifically to see the whale. I knew I could probably watch the whale at home somewhere, but I was yeah. like, I want to experience that in a theater. And I stand by it. We've talked about it before when we talked about horror and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The emotion is higher, heightened yeah. when you're in a theater. I don't know why, but it just has so much more of an impact. Mm-hmm. So we're so, talking about, and I just want to brief, just touch on it briefly because we all we both experience it. A lot of people experience it. But um, talking about this year and like the quote unquote comeback and all this, and everyone's talking about Tom Cruise saving the box office and Hollywood and all this shit. Um, right. But what was your feeling like in the theater watching Top Gun Maverick? Like genuinely, what you what was your experience like? Were you excited going to see it? Were you blown away? Was the movie overrated? Just, just I want a little bit of, just because I went through something with Maverick and it happened. I know last year, but like for the movies last year, like for for that for twenty twenty two. Yeah, as you know, I'm, I wasn't a Top Gun fan. I hadn't yeah. seen the first one in a really long time. I think I did put it on knowing that I was I was taking a friend to see Top Gun yep. 2. So he, he wanted to see it. I was like, okay, watch the first one. Did not care for the first one. <laughs> <laughs> I get the 80s nostalgia and the cheese and all that, but yeah. I just was not buying it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So kind of went into the second one with like, eh, tempered expectations. And therefore was really impressed. Mm-hmm. I don't, is it Citizen Kane? No. <laughs> uh, but, but I think, I'm not, I'm not original here when I say it was just a good, fun movie, a solid, simple script, mm-hmm. likable characters, um, no ham-fisted political or social social message, just good characters, a lot of heart, and a good story with some breathtaking cinematography and intense action sequences. Stuff like that was commonplace in the 80s and the 90s, mm-hmm. but because we've lost it, because it's all become, the writing has just been such shit, yeah. If if I can say, um, in, in in so many movies that to just see something that was just good, I think we're hailing it as the second coming, right? Like, oh yeah. my god, Top Gun two, <laughs> it's the gun with the wind of our generation. But I th- I think we're just also happy to just have something good. Mm-hmm. That so that was my experience. Walked out being like, wow, really fun, really impressed, heartfelt. Let's have more movies like this. Yeah, and the reason I brought that up is because we're we're talking about all these older movies, and it, I think it falls in that Titanic category where even revisiting Titanic, like, and by no means is it a perfect movie. It has issues, but it's a fun spectacle to see in the theater. It's exciting. It's what you think of with Hollywood, and that's what that was what I went through with Top Gun Maverick, where I'm like, this was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I was into the movie and it's not like you said, Citizen Kane. It's not com- like movies don't have to be difficult to watch or have these hidden messages and all these amazing twists and turns and oh my god, you're 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 breaking new ground. No, you're you're doing something simple but you're at, you're you're elevating the material with the way you shoot it, the way you present it. And what I like about it the most is say what you want about Tom Cruise. I know he's a little he can be a kook, but he specifically held on to this movie for two years because they wanted him to send it to streaming. And he said, no, this was made to be put in the theater. And he held on to it for like a year and a half or whatever it was and delivered. And I think it had a little bit of a ripple effect as well with just the year in general. And then it gets nominated for best picture where in this time where you have a lot of these smaller movies, these more personal movies that get nominated that are good but then you throw a Maverick in there. It's like, yes. Is it going to win? Probably not. But it's just exciting that those movies deserve to be recognized too. And like, I know we've talked about like Infinity War and Endgame. They're not perfect either. They have issues, but they're fun and they're well-made. And I think a lot of issue, a lot of people took issue with Martin Scorsese's comments about roller coaster rides and all that shit. I don't think he's wrong. I think it's coming from somewhere. Did he have to say it the way he did? I mean, whatever. Some people took it out of context and really went hard on it. I do think he has a point, but we can coexist. You can release Nomadland and um, Coda and Top Gun Maverick and everything everywhere all at once. It's another movie that's getting recognized that was this huge spectacle. And I think we can just all coexist in, in... Whatever your whatever your fancy is, go to whatever, but just support what you can. Go see Maverick, then go see Coda, or or whatever it might. I I don't I don't have a list of all the nominated films this year, but uh, or like the Whale. The Whale is a good example. I don't know if it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. I don't think was it. The Whale. I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, it wasn't. No, but same so. same thing. Go watch it. 
and like you said in the theater totally opposite of maverick but oh my god you can get into that movie and it's just a character piece it's a guy sitting on a couch but they execute it so well where you're drawn in a lot of its performance script is pretty solid but just appreciate everything there's a whole platter of different movies that you can go see and i just like to see that this year's oscars is recognizing all of these different types of movies and all these different types of performances and uh yeah so i was just curious about your thoughts on that maybe it's coming back right like with with some big recent notable failures i think uh i think rings of power was not well received i know that wasn't a movie it was an amazon show yeah but i think there was some controversy there and a lot of fans had issue with that marvel has been just absolutely taking a a bath lately (laughs) like just like all of them have been declining multiverse of madness uh um uh love and thunder wakanda forever and now quantumania a huge the biggest second weekend dive in any marvel for any marvel movie it was like a 69 percent dive or something like that um i i think disney's panicking and maybe the effects of bad writing are finally being felt and people Mm -hmm. are like okay just because it's marvel i'm not gonna go see it if it's got a lot of plot holes and doesn't make any sense i'm gonna walk out of the movie going eh right we've said we've talked about it on the the old podcast and now here for years if you don't connect with the characters and it's not well written doesn't matter how well how much money you put into it you're gonna walk out going eh it didn't quite resonate with me and i don't quite know why so maybe the years of that have are, are finally catching up and i hope top gun if they're mindless they're just they're just gonna see a bunch of things trying to copy top gun yeah we're gonna see like days of thunder 2 or (laughs) (laughs) you know or point break 2 if there wasn't already one i don't know keanu's gonna come back and make point break 2 it it could go that way but maybe they'll finally learn temporarily learn the lesson like no we gotta make solid stories let's Mm -hmm. let's put effort into figuring out what's just a good story with good characters and maybe that'll come back and then once that happens some word of the mouth happens you mentioned everything everywhere all at once i first heard of that because of uh uh, red letter media right jay and uh, jay and mike talked about it and jay i think it was jay had a lot of good things to say about it Mm -hmm. So that put it on my radar, right? I'm like, these guys are pretty critical. If one of them says uh, there's a mainstream movie that they really liked, that that carries a lot of weight for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go check that out. So more of that happens. We start to go see movies more in the summertime that aren't just Christopher Nolan or Marvel. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, who knows, maybe the pendulum, I always it's always a pendulum, right? So maybe, hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed, the pendulum swims, swings back around. And then we can like the Oscars again because we're invested. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. Uh, we've been, yeah, we've dissected a lot here. Let's talk about some Oscar memories, I guess. I think we've talked about a little bit, but um, does any specific host or moment or year stand out? I know we've talked about King's Speech year. We've talked about, uh, I talked about Heath Ledger, the year he won uh, mm-hmm. after he mm-hmm. passed away. Is, is there anything that comes to mind? Where do you want to start? Uh, I'll just mention the couple that really stick out to me. Okay. Um, that was the first that you mentioned it that year that all of our, um, Fanshawe crew got together and watched. It was the 2014 Oscars for 2013 movies. Yep. Uh, Ellen hosted mm-hmm. 
before she was canceled, it was uh, <laughs> it, it was really funny. Remember how funny she was? Yep. That was the selfie year. Yes. Remember how cool that was? Like just yep. so we talked about the community, like all these celebrities who yeah. have never Kevin Spacey's in the photo. <laughs> and Lupita Nyong'o's brother. Oh yeah, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll airbrush him right out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was um, so much. We had a lot of fun. And good movies that year. Twelve Years a Slave won. Um, I don't remember any of the other winners. So McConaughey was, won for Dallas, and Jared Leto won for Dallas Buyers Club. Right, exactly. Um, so that was a really fun year. It was the first year we all did it as a group, uh, and I remember Alan being funny. Obviously, my what I consider my oh, I gotta I gotta be careful here how I word this. So I was I used to be allowed I, in previous years ninety six ninety seven. Uh, I was allowed to watch the Oscars and I watched the red carpet yep. up to a, up to a point, And then I had to go to bed. 98 was the first year that I was allowed to stay up and watch the whole thing. Oh, nice. the, the, the Titanic year. Yeah. So that will, I will always think of that as my first Oscars. Yeah. Um, I, it was Billy Crystal, I think. Yep. You know, right in his prime. So that was that was just a lot of fun. Just watching the whole thing through. Sean Connery announcing Titanic won Best Picture. It got eleven wins. It now tied Ben Hur for the most wins any movie ever had. Yeah. Uh, that was a special year, and that was always sort of the the benchmark year that I'll compare the rest of them to. And one of the years uh, John Williams was brought in to actually conduct the oh, the, yeah, live, I the live that. music. So th- that year was also I don't know if that was the same year or not, but that was really cool. And and Peter Coyote, I want to mention this. Peter Coyote, the guy who played, he's in the Mandy Moore movie that Jamie likes, I think. Walk to Remember, yeah. He's the dad, and he's the keys guy in E.T. He was always the guy who used to do the announcements. You know, Really? Like, I didn't know that. This is the second nomination yeah. for Martin Landau, blah, blah, blah. At least a few years in a row, I think he did it, and there was something nostalgic about that, too. Joan Rivers on the red carpet. Mm. I loved all those years. So anyway, those are the two I'm going to mention, the... Uh, the Fanshawe year and the con- the Titanic year. Yeah, and to go along, just before I, I give off a couple, um, to go along with the excitement and all that, another one that I can think of, and I don't want to keep dropping his name, but the whole when will Leo finally win his Oscar was always fun. And I know the year that the year, first year we watched it, he didn't win, he lost to McConaughey, but there was always something exciting about that until he ultimately won. Now no one cares anymore. But just stuff like that is also making it fun. Where is he going to lose again? Probably. Um, but uh, I actually have Ellen down as one of my favorite hosts, too. I thought she did a great job both times she did it. She's got some great bits. Uh, the number one year for me, which I still can't believe it happened, <laughs> was the year DiCaprio, Stallone, and Rachel McAdams were all nominated for Oscars. Mm. And I'm like, how the hell is this a possible possibility? Yeah. And I thought two or three were going to win. And unfortunately, I went one for three. But um, that was a fun year. I remember uh, that year was at your old place in London. And yep. we all got together. We made some food and watched it. That was a fun year. Chris Rock, I believe, hosted that year. Um, so that was big. I already mentioned the Dark Knight year. I remember that's I was obsessed with the yeah. Dark Knight. And yeah. obviously, Heath Ledger passed away. So it was a big deal. Was he going to win? I remember... The whole setup of, uh, I believe it was Kevin Klein did his little intro for Heath yeah. Ledger, and yeah. then his family went up and accepted it. Really emotional and sad. Um, and uh, yeah, another um, year as well 
was oh we already talked about it sorry was the fighter uh because i went and saw the fighter i saw in the theater i walked away and i'm like he's gonna win academy Award, and then i followed it all through awards because christian bale was big at that point he was batman but that was a big year again because it was a movie that kind of came out of nowhere i love boxing movies and this one was great strong performances all around mark Wahlberg, one of his best performances and um and it was fun just just to jump in quick i can't I can't tell you very many best actor actress uh, winners throughout the years. Yeah. But I remember all four of that year. Yeah. <laughs> Colin Firth for the King's Speech, yeah. Natalie Portman for Black Swan, Christian Bale best supporting for the Fighter, and yeah. I think Melissa Leo. Yep. Her and Amy the Adams were well. both nominated, and she won. And all four of them were like dynamite knockout performances. Anyway, yeah. just wanted to to mention that. And we're, I figured we were going to get to this at some point, so I, I figured I'd use it as one because it was a big deal for me and it kind of took a turn for the worse, but I am a pretty big Will Smith fan. I watched King What could Ri- this be about? <laughs> I watched King Richard yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is Will Smith's year. We oh, it was. All right. We, <laughs> we couldn't get the Oscars on our laptop to stream. We couldn't get it. We were able to get it on Jamie's phone. I was dedicated to watch it because I wanted to watch Will Smith win his Oscar. And we all know what happened that night. <laughs> so it went a totally different way. And it, it, it will be memorable for sure for many different reasons. But that also to me, not to go back to a negative note, but that whole ordeal really showcased a couple things and in a negative light, but just about what celebrities and Hollywood and this situation, what what they think they are. And Jim Carrey kind of shed light on it afterwards where it's like how these celebrities are able to get away with things and how they still just accept awards. Will Smith is out partying after. And it really, I'm like, that was kind of my nail in the coffin where I'm like, I still love celebrities and like actors and performers and all that, but I don't look at them the same really anymore. Cause I'm like, he got a standing ovation after assaulting someone on stage and gave a cringy speech where he barely apologized. I know he apologized later, but I'm like, this is weird. And for me personally, because I was rooting for him. So it was a weird night for me where I'm like, I don't think he deserves to, to, to burn in hell. Like I don't, there's people have done way worse things, but it was just the reaction. It was even Samuel Jackson and John Travolta and Uma Thurman coming out. They did the, um, the Pulp Fiction bit. They were dancing and then they, 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 they pronounce his name and like excited. Everyone gives him a standing ovation. I'm like this. Do you guys not know what just happened? Are you pretending Mm. it didn't happen on live TV? Mm-hmm. And it was just weird. It was really, really, really strange. So that kind of went a, a, a weird direction. But it's very memorable. But I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. I just, I, it's going to be interesting to watch it this year to see how they tackle it. If they even mention it, what they do. Because I thought they had a perfect opportunity if he wanted to, to get Chris Rock to host. Because that would have spiked your ratings a lot. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. talked about that. That would yeah. have been, he, They probably asked him. He probably was like, I don't want to relive this traumatic event. No, no, no. Thank you very much. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to think. I, I, I don't want to say I give any of them a pass, but what I want to uh, recognize is how awkward these things get and mm-hmm. how in an awkward situation, nobody knows what to do. Oh, for sure. 
And I think that was probably it. I think there was a room full of people who were probably shocked and stunned and awkward yeah. and uncomfortable. <laughs> and maybe some of them, like, I I didn't like watching it, right? Yeah. It's uncomfortable to watch. It happening, Chris Rock's reaction. You can tell Chris Rock is, is uh, shaken up by it. Yeah. Then Will Smith gets down and yells, and Chris Rock's like, okay. And it's, it kind of puts us all in situations yeah. where we've been like that with people who are losing their shit, and you're like, I don't know how to handle you right mm-hmm. now. So I think the whole room may have been like, commonly traumatized by it a little bit I and mean, that's it's a, a harsh word but so i i'll i give everyone a pass just by saying they did what they did because yeah. they were uncomfortable and didn't know how to handle it properly as we've said like what should have happened should security have escorted him out of the building then what happens when he wins later mm-hmm. they were probably didn't and it's very easy in hindsight to say what should have happened but everyone including the producers of the show were probably like looking at each other like i don't know what to do this is live tv and he's about to win an oscar how yeah. do we handle it i it's just one of those things that happens oh, yeah. i think will smith screwed it up he made a big mistake i think he ruined that night for everybody else i feel bad for Kenneth Branagh, who'd never won an oscar before yeah. and everybody else who was there Coda. that night about themselves coda <laughs> Yeah, it's all been overshadowed by by Will Smith and his his one really really stupid mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, ho, ho, it takes a lot to stand up and be like, hey, that's wrong. Especially when Denzel Washington's right there on Will Smith's <laughs> side. I'm not about to cross Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? That's the part I don't get why they all ran to his side. But I guess it'd be like a friend, right? It'd mm-hmm. be like if if I watched you uh, a screw pop loose and you act really weird. I'm not going to be like, get him out of here. He's yeah. fired. I'm going to, I'm probably going to come over to you and be like, you okay, bud? Like what's mm-hmm. going on? Right. So maybe that's what they were. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's what I mean. What I'm happening. not, I'm not blacklisting Will Smith by any means. I know he, he's not allowed back at the Oscars, but it was just, it's, it's again, I don't know what you do in that moment. Like I picture an alternate universe where Will Smith is escorted out of the building and he wins and it's just awkward silence and no one claps. And it, like again, that's not good either, but it just, it puts, yeah, it, it's weird. Cause then you add in the fact of him dancing that night, holding his Oscar, celebrating and having, getting, and you just, this is my problem with it. You put this in the real world. What, what happens if I go up and hit someone like the situation you just said, I get arrested or the cops get called and it gets handled and it just, again, puts them in a weird light where it's, again, you don't know what to do, but the answer can't also be literally do nothing. I know there was talk about him maybe being uh, getting asked to leave, and he said no, and it's like, whatever. I mean, but it's just, it, it was it was a weird turn of events, and um, I'm sure the Oscars this year will benefit from that. I think a lot of people will probably tune in because of that. I, I It sucks that it, because of that, but um, yeah. I'm glad Will Smith won an Oscar for King Richard. He was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're the first one to say that. No, I don't know. Again, got to separate the art from the artist. Oh God. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's, he he is, he's fantastic. And he deserved it that year. I mean, yeah, he hundred percent deserved it. Um, before we run out of time too, I need to know your, I don't know if you have a, a specific list, but I need to know some of your Oscar hosts. Because I know you're a big monologue guy. You love, uh, you were my MC at my wedding. <laughs> so 
Uh, You're very good at it. So I'm just curious who stands out for you. Who do you think uh, best favorite? It doesn't matter. Just rifle off some that you like. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to be original here, here. I I, like everybody else like Billy Crystal, not sure what it is about him, but we, the world seems to acknowledge that he was like at least the best of the hosts of the last 30 or so years. He was in that commercial with John Hamm and, and Jimmy Kimmel, you know, where they parody Top Gun. And Billy Crystal comes in as like the Admiral. I think you and I both said he also would have been a good host this year. Like Mm. as the Oscars are coming back, bring back Billy Crystal. Like that would have helped with ratings. Oscar, 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 Oscar. (laughs) I think that's from the thing. I don't know. but (laughs) He sings that every year, right? When he hosts. Right. Oscar, Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And like I said, Alan, I thought was good. I did. I did like Jimmy Kimmel. Nothing really stands out. Like I liked Whoopi, uh, I and I didn't like the ones that nobody likes. Like Seth MacFarlane, I was like that was a weird choice. Mm-hmm. Don't really have any fond memories of John Stewart. Um, I don't think he was his style of com. I I like John Stewart. I think he's brilliant in some capacity in his own little world. But I don't think he worked for the Oscars. No, I think James Franco and Anne Hathaway's yeah. got to be the one of the more bizarre choices yeah. that people. Although I looked back and like at the late '80s, there was groups. Groups got popular. Yeah. There was like Jane Fonda and Alan Alda and Paul Hogan. <laughs> so Crocodile Dundee's up there hosting the Oscars. I, I can name one movie he's in, or sorry, three. The three Crocodile Dundee <laughs> movies. That's it. Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm gonna have to just go with Billy and and uh, and hope that. Um, somebody else like a Kimmel or somebody can kind of come in and take the reins from him as like a good steady Mm. year after year popular host. I agree with you with, uh, obviously Billy Crystal is fantastic. Um, but, uh, you said Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen, I'm not as big of a fan of Jimmy Kimmel now anymore. I'm, but I do respect, and I watched a couple clips to refresh my, refresh my memory. I liked the bits he did throughout. I loved when he brought the tours in to the front row. Uh, I know they went to the theater one year as well. He did like chocolates and stuff from the ceiling and stuff. I liked all that. And Jimmy Kimmel had some good stuff too. Uh, Ellen specifically, again, I'm not as big of a fan of her now. But um, uh, but in her prime, uh, the two years she hosted was great. And again, it's the little bits of humility and and bringing these people down a peg i loved her bit with uh steven spielberg and clint eastwood when he had she had steven spielberg take a photo of her with clint eastwood and then i think she also gave martin scorsese a script in one segment too she did the pizza which was really good i think that was the same year as the selfie year oh brought uh, the pizza guy in yeah the pizza? And she got she yeah, took she collected money from everybody right. which was good. and that's why like you're you're making these celebrities just like normal people they're getting out their wallets they're taking money out i know with the tourists jimmy kimmel is like uh jennifer aniston give give someone uh something from your purse and she's just going she gives sunglasses like I yeah. like all, Denzel Washington marries two people. Like it's just stupid shit like that. Um, but what I wanted to bring up and I just wanted your thoughts cause I was blown away and he kind of did it once and just no one ever talks about it. I thought Hugh Jackman was great. And I know you said that and you made some good points. I don't, I don't remember anything from that year <laughs> except he was dancing with Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm talking specifically his opening number just because his whole opening number was about celebrating films. And he does the whole thing with the wrestler and the dark Knight and the reader. 
And it's very similar to Billy Crystal. He's singing about the nominated films. And I yeah. thought it was very clever. And this was before Les Mis and all that. Like, I was blown away because I'm like, I didn't even know he could sing. So, um, I thought that stood out. But the number one for me, just because I'm a huge fan, is Steve Martin. I think Steve Martin is great. I love his sense of humor. And I love the year he co-hosted with Alec Baldwin. I thought they were great because they just did a movie together. And they obviously, and Meryl Streep was nominated that year. So, they were making fun of her. Um, but I just love Steve Martin's sense of humor because he joke is very dry and just joking about celebrity life and it's, it just works in that environment. And then he also hosted two years prior. Um, and I, again, I just, I rewatched his stuff today and I thought it was great. I, I thought he was a good choice. I like, um, uh, talk show hosts. I think most of them work. Ellen, like we said, um, Jimmy Kimmel, but I, I like the the Steve I like like Steve Martin and comedians and stuff like that. I think that also worked not all the time, but that was one it's that got, stood out to me. It's got to be a comedian that's good with people, right? Yeah. That can re- that can read a room. Like Ellen, I think has a very natural mm-hmm. like talking to people. She's able to make a situation funny. And she vacuumed. Just, she was vacuuming. The I, that's what I was too. thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was good. I, she was very yeah. good. Yeah, I remember she said about Jennifer Lawrence. She's like, I'm not going to mention that. Oh, we're falling, yeah. Where you fell. Yeah, I'm not going to tell anybody about that. (laughs) Play the clip, play the clip. Yeah, Yeah, and I just think, like I said, you can tell who's just comfortable with Mm -hmm. people. Not every comedian, they're good at going up and doing their, their, their material. Yeah. But they're not necessarily good with, like, some improv-y type stuff or just... Like David Letterman? (laughs) Uma, Uma Oprah. Yeah, like you can tell that was never his wheelhouse, right? Yeah. Like he, that's not where he's comfortable. But Billy Crystal, he's on stage, you know, he's just totally at ease. Yeah. And that's what you need, I think, from a host. Do you have any more things written down that you want to talk about? You got the mic in front of you, or is there anything else we didn't cover? I got it all. Who wins, Brennan Fraser or Austin Butler? What's your pick right now? Fraser, hands down. Hands down. Brennan Fraser, the comeback. I'm excited. Like a good comeback story. You said it. Hollywood loves a narrative, right? They love a comeback story. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks again for joining, Dodd. Uh, this has been the viewer's cut. And <laughs> um, and as always on Dodd Does the Sequel, yeah. we... I don't know. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And enjoy the Oscars coming out this at the end of the week. And, uh, yeah, go to the theaters and go see some movies and support theaters because we want them around for a very long time. And demand good movies. Demand yes. them. Better scripts. No more yeah. uh, Love and Thunder, Thor 5. Um, yeah. Love and Thunderania. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dodd, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Take Adam. care. Bye.